Live from the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy. The only local show taking a principled stand on the issues of the day. This is how it happens. It's the natural process of things. The view of the entrenched is predictable, but it's also erroneous. With Sean Seacrease. We have an addiction in this country, not only to government welfare and government handouts, but more fundamentally to other people's money. And Quaid. Again, you're dancing with government. This is the morning meeting. You cannot continue to advocate for status quo when status quo has run the ship aground. On Talk Radio 930, WTAD. Light it on fire. That'll work. Light it on fire. Some people just can't be saved, and that's that's all <laughs> there is to it. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Quaid with you this morning. So many things to get to, and the Gateway Pundit Jim Hoff coming up in just a bit. Quaid, I think I found a uh, next career for you. Really? Yes. I, I thank you for being on the lookout for a new career for me. Hungry. The country, not the state of being, mm-hmm. Hungary, mm-hmm. is looking to deploy thousands of border hunters in Wait. a bid to stop immigrants. They're hunting immigrants. The border. Yes. Border hunters. Yes. This is this is going to be an interesting, uh, not experiment, because they're not experimenting with it. They're going forward with it. We'll talk with the Gateway Pundit about this uh, in just a bit, because it draws such a stark political ideological contrast to what's going on in this country and what's going on in uh, Western Europe mm-hmm. with open the borders and, and go everywhere and take everybody. Hungary, a uh, small country surrounded by a razor wire fence. It's essentially think of what you see in uh, medium and maximum security prison yards here. Okay. They have that surrounding the country. They have checkpoints you have to go through now. So they have a fence. It has the spiral razor wire on top of yes, it. Yes. Yes. Okay. In addition to just regular barbed wire. Yes. Okay. Uh, barbed wire, the thing, not the comic book heroine. Right. Uh, now they're looking to deploy 3,000 border hunters. Something tells me we're going to have to bring back... Mario Van Peebles these are, for part two of the most dangerous game. These are these are not border hunter. They're well. They're uh, they know they're, where the border is. They're defenders. They're def- they're that's how Hungary's going to couch it. And I'm interested to see how this gets uh, portrayed. They're hunting along in, the border in the rest of the world if the world chooses to pay attention to what's going on here. Mm. The Prime Minister of Hungary, Viktor Orban, says Hungary does not need a single immigrant for the economy to work nor for the population to sustain itself, nor for the country to have a future. Okay. He's pretty isolationist with that mindset, but this the second sentence is what I think is going to prick everyone's ears up around the world. Quote, every single immigrant poses a public security and terror risk. Every, every single. And not just the three Skittles in the bowl, but so the, the way Hungary sees it is every Immigrant. There's He's nothing. both a public security and terror risk. And so they're going to give uh, six months of training uh, to those who pass a psychological exam and then allow them to hunt along the border any immigrant that tries to come into Hungary. Some interesting things uh, stated in, the, in that first sentence. 
because you have to understand the context and the reality of what's been happening in Europe over the last mm -hmm. generation. When when they say that their economy is sustainable with who they have, that's that's different than a lot of countries in Europe whose population has been declining because people are not having children. Mm -hmm. The replacement rate is not... It's falling below the replacement rate. Yes. So you need immigrants then to, to fill those spots to keep everything running at, at what we've come to expect as our lifestyle. We want these things. Uh, people need to be there to run them. So if you're not having babies that can step into those positions, you need somebody else then who can come in and do this. This is what a lot of, of immigration uh, up until the last 18 months or so has been about in Europe. So when they make that statement, that's kind of a, hey, we're not in the same position as you. We can do this without importing immigrants or, or, or allowing these people to come in. Different, diff it's a different situation than we've got here in the United States. I know that, that the border hunter thing is going to be reported on in a specific way mm -hmm. in this country, but it's, it's, and I understand that there are some there there are a few parallels, but it's a completely different reality there than it is here. It is, and I'm glad that you went into that to to the deeper sort of psychographics of it because that to me is the interesting commentary on what a society expects of itself and where it wants to go. Because immigration, at least in this country, that in modern in the modern era is a country of immigrants. We've looked at immigration since the founding of the country up until I would say probably right after World War II. We looked at it as a, a necessary sort of revitalization, bringing in new blood, mm -hmm. um, it's sort of like your, your favorite sports team, getting younger, bringing in new talent kind of thing. Sure. And our, our, our perspective on that has changed, I would say, generally in the post-World War II era. That's the, the easy sort of line to draw in the sand for me. So we're, we're even struggling with what we want to do, how we want to do it, uh, how much of it will be allowed, because situations change. And the open arms of Ellis Island are just not what the country needs anymore. So we'll see. This is becoming a very interesting uh, conversation around the world as you see other sovereign nations taking vastly different stances on this. And I think this will be interesting Hopefully this comes up in the uh, next presidential debate on Sunday night that's going to be at uh, Washington University. Now, when you say this, you mean immigration or do you mean this specific situation in, in, in Hungary? Oh, both. I hope the topic of immigration and immigration policy comes up and this, this move by Hungary, this announcement, uh, stands in stark contrast to what has been done uh, in other countries around the world and, mm -hmm. and how the U.S. has operated. So I think... Uh, I'm not looking to lambast Hungary for this policy. It's their policy. They want to do it. They're a sovereign nation. Yeah, but I think bringing it up as, as a contrast of different ideals and where do you want to fall on this scale? Where do you want to fall on the scale from closed-minded, closed borders to where a Angela Merkel had Germany for a while and has now admitted they were too open and they took on too many? Right, and you also have to throw in the fact that for whatever reason, the the elites in this country have always seen us as behind Europe. We we want to be more like Europe. You know how they do it over there. We could do that over here. The best places we can apply that over here, which is fundamentally backwards from yes. the whole idea of yes. America. 
even the argument of well, we need immigrants to do jobs that Americans won't do. This is this is a, a, a twisting of the situation that they've got in Europe uh, vis-a-vis you know uh, the procreation uh, movement and the replacement uh, of people. It's 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 a twisting of that situation to where you get to that point where well, are we enough Europe yet? Have we achieved that for you guys? Do we still have European work to do so we can be a full member? I mean, is that ultimately their goal? Do we need to be a member of the European Union before it's completely gone? Well, I think there are many realists who hope that we stop wanting to be so much like Oh, I agree. They've gotten so many things wrong about their approach, many people would tell you. Do they have an ancient culture and and one that has a lot of depth and history to it? Sure. That doesn't mean you can't. I I can appreciate it. Yeah. I can see, but they've got their own story, their own. Do they have have beautiful works of art and Mm -hmm. and cathedrals that are older than our country? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean they got everything right, nor does it mean they're getting it more correct in this era than than we are here in the U.S. Yeah, And, and the idea that we need to be more like them, mirror them, mm. mimic them, uh, yeah, that, that we haven't done that enough, I think is against what uh, the whole concept of the United States was about from the beginning. I thought that was an interesting way to start this week here on the morning meeting. While we're in Europe, coming up next, I'll have Quaid uh, issue whether or not he agrees with one of the most powerful and ancient cities on that continent. And we'll tell you who's about to stop doing some business with a big name here in Illinois. Get you ready for the week. And a more explosive charge I cannot imagine coming out of the weekend ahead of a big week in Missouri politics. We'll be talking with Scott Fawn of Missouri Times later in the week. But this won't wait. You need to know this going in. That's all before we talk with the Gateway Pundit coming up this morning on the morning meeting. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. An era has come and gone, and it was gone too quickly. Which, which era are you Vince talking Scully about? Vince Scully signed off for the oh, last time. Gone over the too weekend. quickly. He's been calling games longer than we've been alive. Gone too quickly, I say. Well, I will say this: he is the standard by which other play-by-play men are measured. Anymore. There are there are other great play-by-play voices, but he. He is able to, I think, ascend to that level because not only starting out so youthfully, but his exuberance, his insight, uh, his tone, tenor, pace, Mm -hmm. so many things. And making, let's talk about making the move cross-country, really an exploratory move, a revolutionary move when the Dodgers relocated Mm -hmm. from Brooklyn to L.A. So he gets a, a lot of his mystique comes with actually sticking with the club who is giving him paychecks. Yeah, I was thinking about this uh, over the weekend a little bit uh, as we say goodbye to Vin Scully, that that there's a gap after, you know, Vin Scully, and, and there was a little bit of noise made made by, you know, the fact that Dick Enberg's done. But you have this mm-hmm. group of, of elder statesmen 
play-by-play men who are calling it quits. I mean, the, the, the question, how, lo- how much longer can Brent Musburger go? Uh, I, I think as long as you, know, you keep plugging him in and he stays coherent, they're mm-hmm. going to keep rolling him out. What I'm looking for is the group after that. Well, I, and, and I you, don't you know. You used an interesting word, and I'm wondering why you used an interesting word. You used the word coherent. And as soon as you said, as long as he stays coherent, my mind ran to Pat Summerall. Well, of course, that's, yes. There, if you're, a, if you're a color commentator, coherent is negotiable. <laughs> <laughs> if you do this show, coherent is sometimes negotiable. Because that's just personality, okay? Right. You're, you're, it's you're, flavor. <laughs> yeah. If, if, Especially if you're the local guy. Oh, right? yeah. You have ties oh, to the team. Oh, yeah. If, if, you, if you're, yes, if you've got a local, if you're a local legacy, mm-hmm. there's, there's that much more leeway given to you. Eh, it's just this guy. It's, you know, but, but the play-by-play guy has a different standard by which yeah. they, they, are, they are measured. Well, and, you're asked to do two different jobs. Oh sure, but yeah. they, they, those are. I, I thought you were saying that the play-by-play man has two different jobs. No, One, no, the play-by-play guy and telling the, color the story guy, of the game and yes. then managing the commentator. All of a sudden, I'm like, well, I guess that's what happens in the local level. <laughs> you don't think that that goes on on a larger There's level? Some of that, too? but you've got more apparatus. You've got uh, you got producers. You've got a director. You've got other other apparatus. I'm, I'm just looking at the. I'm thinking of this gap between the the ancient. Play-by-play man that we've mm-hmm. that we've grown up with, who's been there as long as we can remember, mm-hmm. and that younger set. And I say that younger set; these guys are probably mid to upper forties, maybe early fifties now. Right, right. Uh, they're just they they don't seem to be. And maybe it's because they haven't been around as long. You also had guys at the top who were immovable for mm-hmm. two generations mm-hmm. that didn't allow a a newer set to come along and and kind of you know to stake thrive, their own yeah. claim and thrive. Yeah. So what you have is. This happens in, in, and I'm going to use teaching as an example. You have teachers who have tenure mm-hmm. and have been teaching for so long, and, and 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 then they all like retire at once. You have this vacuum, and you need a bunch of new teachers and in a hurry. It, it, it's almost like a harvestable crop that that has a a, a, a use by date on it. Because we're not all going to, to do the same thing forever. We're going to retire. Sure. We're going to move on. We're, we're going to do other things. And, yeah, I thought that, that was always – and the, the, the smaller the, uh, the pool, say, and, and you, you use the model of a school district, the smaller the district, the fewer teachers, the, the more likely it is you'd feel that impact if a high percentage of them were at retirement age mm-hmm. at the same time sort of thing. And that's what you're experiencing in this case. Yeah, and, and so I'm looking to – uh, some younger people to kind of mm-hmm. stake their claim and, and kind of step By the in way, and own it. You like, talked about the the older voices in the group. I think at this point, uh, let's see. You've got John Miller left, yeah, who's still working with the Giants. You've got uh, John Sterling still active with the Yankees. Okay, and really beyond that, I think a lot most of that generation has retired. Mm-hmm. 
It's true. Yeah. And so you've got this yeah. gap. If 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 you're look, we'll just this went on way longer than I thought it would. But if you've Sorry. got if you've <laughs> got if you're listening to that next generation, I have for a long time said it, if you want to cross over because he does baseball, uh, he does well with with college basketball. I think I think Dan Schulman is the spearhead for that next generation. For that next gen. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not Iron Eagle. I'm, I've just never been an Iron Eagle guy. But I'm and then tr- that that might sound anti-American because Schulman is from America's hat. In Canada, <laughs> does that is that disqualify him? No, no, not at all. So I, th- I just I think that he's. I mean, I'm, it's open for conversation, obviously. Yeah. But I, I think he's right there. Okay. He also gets the most exposure by working for ESPN yeah, and has does. the most opportunity. Sure. So those those things go hand in hand. But yeah, Vince Scully, um, his final words. He he had a, a, a nice speech uh, that he had prepared, and that's been. Uh, Really, his stay—it's going to be safe for posterity. It's oh, going yeah. to end up in the Baseball Hall of Fame as uh, an audio thing that you can listen to when you go through. But uh, those are all over the place. It's at the Dodgers website at MLB uh, anywhere that you want to go look for it. Vince Kelly end up it. in the Smithsonian? I think by any measure, he's an American institution. You have a display with a booth and and a a a, a wax or or mannequin like Vince Scully behind the mic. Or you just show a picture of him and have audio. I, I think that's fine. I think you show a picture of him and the audio starts with, and I don't, my Vin Sully voice is terrible, well, so I'm not it. going to, to, to do that and sully his memory. But uh, you push it, and, and with, with the digital capacity that we have now, it starts with announcing what time it is. It's 7.01. Right. And, you know, or it's, it's 10.42. Yeah, why do you I? Can, you can tie those things. What am together I talking now. about? Smithsonian has all the, the the tech they can, but it's hologram time. Right, right. But yes, I do think that he's a piece, and a, a largely because of what I said before, because he started in Brooklyn, moved west. They were the really exploratory franchise uh, that was far west of the Mississippi. Obviously, the Cardinals are technically west of the Mississippi, but they were uh, they were the, the furthest franchise located west for a long, long time, and yeah. that's why Cardinal Nation is so huge. Uh, but they, they really went west and, and opened that up and, and really laid the groundwork for everybody else, and he was the voice of it. I, I think by any definition, uh, he's an American treasure. Certainly. That's why I brought up Smithsonian. Yeah, I think so. All right, so that's, 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 that's sort of a, a peek inside the industry. Like mm-hmm. we, we were not only aware of it as baseball fans, but because it's, he's really, um, I mean, he's on the Mount Rushmore. Of broadcast, without a doubt, without <laughs> at a that doubt. point. So uh, yeah. it, it, it's something in the industry that we're we're very aware of as well. All right, a couple other things I want to get to. Uh, Illinois State Treasurer Michael Frerix, uh is going to announce this morning. It, it was right about now, I think, that he was going to do this. That the state is suspending the state of Illinois, suspending billions of dollars in investment activity with Wells Fargo. The state has put a moratorium on business with the con- with the company as the U.S. Uh, gets together. Federal and California regulators have now fined uh, Wells Fargo. Their headquarters is in San Francisco for uh, shy of a quarter billion dollars on the grounds that employees who are trying to meet sales targets opened up two million fake accounts mm. without customer knowledge. That's right. So the uh, state of Illinois joining others who are suspending their business. Uh, this is going to put a state that is in bad shape already. It's not going to hurt Illinois further, but it's not going to give you the opportunity to grow some things there. We'll see where this goes. Uh, this is a case where 
any any possible revenue that could be lost during the suspension will probably be ordered made good. I would imagine by the time this gets to federal court, you've got the federal government involved. This this is this is bank fraud. Uh, yeah, this is really bad for Wells Fargo. Yeah, this is this is not good. A more explosive allegation I could not imagine coming out of this weekend. A Missouri uh, candidate for the Missouri legislature for for the House has accused another candidate for the legislature of rape over the weekend. Uh, the uh, lady's name is Cora Faith Walker. She's 31 years old. She told the uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch her story over the weekend and claims that she was sexually assaulted by Stephen Roberts Jr., a former assistant prosecutor, after meeting with him at an apartment on the night of August 26th. Both candidates are black Democrats. They are both running unopposed for seats in a largely Republican legislature in Missouri. I mean, Republicans, we talked about on the show, have an overwhelming majority. So you have two black Democrats, each running unopposed in their district for the Missouri House, and the the female, Cora Faith Walker, has leveled a rape allegation at Stephen Roberts Jr. Uh, police have said that there is an ongoing investigation, but won't comment on anything besides that because the investigation is still open. Okay, so she uh, she's gone to the police. Yes. They're conducting an investigation. She just decided yes. to go public she with it. She decided to go public. Normally, the, 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 press, the way the press usually works in these cases is you don't identify the victim of a sexual assault. She specifically asked the Post to identify her uh, on, under the guise that she is ready to deal with this and she hopes that anybody else who may have been attacked this way would see her, her show of strength and, and uh, come out and, and be ready to deal with wow. it. Wow. The allow me to just wear the black hat for a minute here. The cynicism in me says raising raising the name, raising the name ID, name recognition ID ahead of a vote. But she's running unopposed. Mm-hmm. So that cynicism in me has been tamped down, at least for the moment. So they're not running this, against each other. Right, right. They're not running it. That would have been. Are you kidding me? They would have they would have hastily shot a new episode of Law and Order SVU for next Wednesday mm-hmm. if they were running against each yeah. other. Um, if you're the Democrat Party of Missouri, do you? I, it's probably too late to get his name taken off of ballots. Well, do you, and we don't know whether the charges have merit because the police are still investigating ongoing investigation. Yeah. But there, there are allegations made it, all the time that are found to be baseless or not prosecutable, or or, or charges aren't brought forth. Hillary Clinton. Uh, so we'll we'll see where this goes. But the, I could not imagine anything more explosive coming out of the weekend. Unless you're Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, with uh, wild stories. I know. I'm getting our excitement level ramped up for this. Wild stories. Because we're going to be uh, talking with Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, coming up in just a moment. We're going to delay that long enough to see whether or not Pope Francis gets Quaid's blessing. (laughs) I mentioned we were in Europe with the previous segment talking about that. The Pope. Uh, who sits on the uh, Vatican throne of power in Vatican City, uh, has uh, weighed in, says the headline, to the U.S. elections by telling American Catholics to, quote, pray and then vote your conscience. I think this is fine. That's fine. No, you should pray. In fact, I would tell you, don't just pray before you vote. Pray. Pray. You you don't need a specific. Yes, you got something that's, that's weighing on your mind. You don't know what to do. Certainly. 
certainly have a conversation uh, with, with, with God about it. But, uh, you know, I would encourage prayer, not just for who you're going to vote for, but on a regular uh, basis. Uh, yes. Uh, have an ongoing conversation continually. Prayer's a good thing. All right. I figured he'd, uh, he he is who I thought he was. Circle so gets the that square. Way. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Shadow Stevens. Coming up this morning on the morning meeting, we'll be joined by the Gateway Pundit, charges of abuse, and then findings that the one who charged abuse also participated in the same scheme. That and more coming up on the morning meeting. Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. This is Dennis Miller, and you're listening to The Morning Meeting. Here on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Well, the text messages are raining in fast and furious from the Gateway Pundit, Jim Ooh, Hoff. Wait a minute. He's experiencing a bit of a tech issue. How, uh, how, how are the text messages raining in fast and furious if he's experiencing a phone issue? You know what I'm saying? He's on, he just, he, he's on his iPad. Oh, okay. He's got the text app on the, on the iPad, and uh, he's asking if we want to FaceTime him. <laughs> so we're going to try this. Are we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because we've got Josh, so many You're things. confusing producer Josh this right now. This is happening right now? Yeah. This, this we're going gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna to try. <laughs> we're going to try this. You have, and, to, be, uh, you have to be agile. That's Josh. right. I, I got to know. Uh, we're going to see. Sometimes. You're going to hear this live with us. Sometimes see, the, the antenna doesn't go in the down. top. Sometimes it goes yeah, in the side. Sometimes it goes in the side. <laughs> and then you just see where you have to go. Jim, we're live right now, so don't start with your usual F-bomb. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. Well, we're going we're gonna to try this and, and see how well it goes. We didn't want to go without talking to you this morning because uh, you're kind of our trampoline to get us from debate one to, to de- debate two amongst the presidential debates. And there's been so many things going on that we just couldn't pass up this opportunity. Jim Hoff, The Gateway Pundit, thegatewaypundit.com. Jim, let's just start right at the top this morning. I'm on thegatewaypundit.com, and there it is. The charge from Hillary about Trump being such a horrible person for using federal tax law to uh, not pay the maximum possible amount of taxes. And you've broken the story that uh, that might be the pot calling the kettle black there. Yeah, absolutely, Sean. Um, if you uh, if you look at this report, it was on Zero Hedge yesterday. And what they found was that Hillary used this same loophole as she's uh, trashing Donald Trump for. And uh you know, I think for some reason these Democrats think that we're supposed to pay more than our uh, fair share or pay more than what is legally required of us. I don't see Hillary doing this, but for some reason she thinks Donald Trump should have to do this. Um, it's just a ridiculous argument, which tells you they just don't have a, they just don't have anything on this guy uh, because this is what they're throwing out there from 20 years ago, by the way. I'm anxiously awaiting, Jim, the uh, rest of the media to get on the uh, case for Hillary's friends uh, following through on this practice as well. Uh, yeah, don't count on it. Um, 
but we, we do know that uh, uh, General Electric have, has used this. I, I saw a report that one out of five companies has used something similar to this. My brother, who is a, a vice president of a, a top insurance company, he's based in Hong Kong. He's, he's been to several meetings. He wrote about this yesterday. Uh, he's been to several international meetings, board meetings he sat on. And he's, he's, he wrote me yesterday, he said, uh, companies do this all the time. It's very common practice. If you have a huge loss, you just uh, you know have some credit on the next year's taxes. So it's really a non-story, but it's just a way for Hillary to attack Donald Trump. Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, with us this morning on the morning meeting. Jim, does Trump leverage this by saying, look, I'm the guy to clean this up? If you want your if you want your broken lawnmower fixed, you don't take it to somebody who mows the lawn. You take it to a mechanic, somebody who knows it inside and out. I think he can eventually use this to his advantage on how we talk about tax law, if it needs to be changed, and, and what those changes should be. Uh, absolutely. Uh, America certainly could use a businessman like Donald Trump. Um, what is, you know, I'm going to bring my brother up again. Uh, he just spoke with me this morning, said that he's uh, talking to people from South Africa, from Australia, what they think of the election. And all these people he's speaking to are, are saying it's about the time that America had a businessman as a leader, because certainly we are the, you know, the, the American economy is what, uh, you know, it, it, it moves the world. And uh, under Barack Obama, with the 1% growth has been just dismal. Hillary Clinton promises more more of that. Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, with us this morning on the morning meeting. Jim, are we not going to get an October surprise now? This has become so complicated. Assange said he wasn't going to have an announcement that he originally had planned on. Then there was uh, news broken that, that Hillary would be done by Wednesday by Roger Stone, but he was referencing the supposed WikiLeaks announcement. This has gotten all kind of tangled up. Oh, yeah. Back in August, uh, the WikiLeaks founder, Julian Assange, says he had some uh, big documents on Hillary that they're going to release before the election. So uh, this week, this uh, last week, he said that Tuesday was going to be the day for their big announcement. He was going to hold a balcony announcement on the Ecuadorian uh, uh, balcony from the embassy in uh, London. But then they called it off yesterday due to security threats. I, I hope they're taking the security security threats seriously because we know what the Clintons uh they, they don't mess around and uh anyway they they canceled the public um uh announcement but there's there's uh tweets on the WikiLeaks Twitter page now that says that they are gonna have an announcement tomorrow at ten o'clock. So we'll see what that has to has to do with, you know. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to have a big show of being on a balcony to get the information out, Jim. Right, right. And uh, why would he want to put himself on a balcony, uh, you know, in London uh, when, uh, when he could just uh, release it online? So uh, we'll see. You know, also, the, this, this embassy that uh, uh, Assange is being holed up in, they were, uh, there was a break-in last month where some guy scaled up the wall and it took the, the London police two hours to respond to this uh, uh, this uh, break-in at the embassy where Assange is uh, staying and has been for several years now. I'm surprised they haven't accused Trump of initiating that after the Trump Tower climber earlier this year. <laughs> right. Jim Hoff, yeah. the Gateway Pundit, with us this morning on the morning meeting. Jim, how seriously or at all do you take the uh, report that Hillary Clinton apparently proposed a drone bombing 
of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. That was a headline at the Gateway Pundit. You know, this is uh, this is something WikiLeaks put up on their Twitter page this morning. And uh, it is interesting because, uh, you know, uh, they generally do some fact-checking before they throw it up, though. I, I'm, I'm questioning it. I, I put it up. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's from the True News website. I really ha- I don't know much about it. So it, it could be a hoax, but WikiLeaks is running with it this morning anyway. Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, with us this morning on the morning meeting. Jim, are you excited at all about the uh, vice presidential debate before we get the next presidential debate in St. Louis in your backyard coming up on Sunday? Uh, I could care less about this vice presidential debate. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Trump fan, and... Uh, Mike Pence certainly doesn't excite me like uh, Donald Trump does, so uh, I, I, I'll probably tune in and watch it. But uh, you know, I really, I really at this point could care less. Uh, Tim Kaine, it'll be interesting to uh, to uh, check him out, though, and I think that's what interests people because with Hillary in the in the health she's in, and uh, you know, most Americans don't think she's going to make it another four years. So that's a, that's a guy to look at during this uh, debate that's coming up tomorrow. Jim, concerning the uh, debate coming up at WashU, are are you going to be in attendance or near there on campus? You know, I have to tell you guys, I have a story here. I haven't posted it yet, but uh, a little boy from uh, St. Louis wrote Donald Trump a letter. I put it up on my website. It was the cutest thing. You know, he's talking to Trump, wants to go to the debate. And uh, I got a call from the Trump campaign a day or two ago. And they're, they're looking for this little boy. I gave them the man's information, his father's information. So this little boy's going to be at the uh, little Donnie will be at the debate on Tuesday or on Sunday night. So that's that's a real nice story. Jim Hoff, the so Gateway Pundit, our uh, guest this morning here on the morning meeting. Quite, you, you're like shaking something at me. What's going on right there? Oh, uh, the, Jim's got the story about the uh, USC LA Times poll showing Trump plus five. By the way, that's the poll that Wayne Allen Root said that we should be paying closest attention to because they're the most accurate and have been uh, over the years. Other polls, however, are giving uh, Hillary Clinton a post-debate bounce and have her up over Trump. Uh, are, are we again staring at uh, an issue of polls delivering what the media wants them to deliver per their own narrative? Or do you think there's something to these newer polls? Or is, is it more accurate to stick with the USA or USC LA Times poll, Jim? Uh, oh, I'm getting another call here. Oh, there we go. We're gonna we're gonna do that. So, Jim, are we gonna stick with the USC LA Times poll, or are we gonna look at the other uh, more mainstream polls that have given Hillary a bounce? What what's what's your thought? Well, obviously, these mainstream polls. Uh, if you look at them, every every last one of them, they always are in favor of the Democrat. They're always over over polling, over sampling Democrats. I have yet to see one poll in this country this year that has oversampled Republicans. So uh, that's what we have with these these polls that are coming out. Reuters and ABC are good examples of that last week. Uh, I think some really a significant number from the ABC poll this weekend showed that Donald Trump has twice the amount of white male uh, voter support than Mitt Romney did. That's huge. So um, that that should certainly concern Democrats. Trump's in a pretty good spot right now, I believe. Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, with us this morning on the morning meeting. Jim, any final thoughts before we have this debate in your backyard? Um, that, it should be pretty crazy. Um, and actually, we're planning a couple events uh, for Sunday night, the, the local uh, activists. So uh, uh, 
uh, stay tuned and uh, uh, watch Gateway Pundit on Sunday because we got some things coming. Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, with us this morning on the morning meeting. Jim, just go ahead and uh, use your brother's VP team to help you develop a cycle on when to charge your phone so that it's not dead in the future. <laughs> All right, I'll try to do that. Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundit. Thanks to him for improvising with us all morning here on the morning meeting. Check him out, thegatewaypundit.com. Also, uh, I think it was interesting. That's also uh, where there is some follow-up to the hungry uh, border hunters that we talked about earlier in the show. And they have the in-depth report uh, that's the link to uh, an article done by David Fahrenholf. Uh, Rosalind Helderman and Jose Darrell, or Del Real, excuse me, uh, with the Washington Post. They're the ones who developed the, the headline and story. Trump could have avoided paying taxes for 18 years, could have avoided paying taxes for 18 years. The way that they came about this was they were able to access, the Trump campaign says, steal uh, his 1995 uh, tax returns. In the early 90s, Trump's casino and, and real estate empire was not doing so hot. He'd, he'd had some some issues. And so because of the tax law, and, and, and you know he may have funded some lobbyists, but this was the law of the land at the time, and, and a version of it continues right now. You can spread, there's a big fancy word for it, but that's not necessary now. You can spread your losses from a year over several years mm-hmm. tax-wise. If, if, if they're large enough. Yeah, that's right. And uh, according to this report... Uh, he took uh, a just shy of a billion dollar hit that year, so that's not very sizable. So yeah, they and they don't have the returns to see if he took it or not, or if he paid. But uh, a gentleman named Howard Abrams, who's the director of tax programs at the University of San Diego School of Law, uh, has confirmed that tax law in that era and now will allow you to apply returns. Uh, three years prior to the loss, and then for the next 15 years. So potentially, legally, legally, according to the law, Trump could have used that loss to not pay taxes for an 18-year period. That's all they have. That's the basis for the story. And to me, they're burying the lead. The lead here is Trump plays by the rules, does nothing wrong, Right, but but but, but system because, system favors real estate owners. System favors property owners. Sure, and, and and but that's not that that won't divide us. That's not saucy enough, right? To sell you know newspapers or or or, or get clicks. The thing I would be concerned about is okay. At what point in time do our tax records become uh, public you know, information? Right, or private. Right. That's when, a great conversation. When does that go public domain? <laughs> because that's the part that has me a little like, hey, right. if you were able to lay your hands on this or you had somebody who has the ability to lay their hands on Trump's uh, tax returns and then feed them to you, you talk about, well, we don't know. Maybe the, the is it, would you say New York Times? Is that uh, Washington Post. Washington Post. Okay. Yep. Uh, who says they don't already have them and are and are waiting you know, strategically, Julian Assange style, mm-hmm. to wait for Trump's campaign to say X, Y, or Z, and then go, and there's this, there's this boom. Right. And follow e- exactly. it up. And the, the other buried lead was the fact that Hillary charged Trump with allegations, and then uh, research has come out, and, and Jim has the link at thegatewaypundit.com, that Bill and Hillary and the Clinton Foundation have used the exact same laws 
to spread losses the oh, exact yeah. same way. And we talked with Jim about yeah, that. And, yeah. and, and I'm sure that they have friends who've done the exact same thing. Right, right. All right, so there's there is the, <laughs> the story there is that there's nothing to see if all you're concerned about are fellow citizens operating within the rule of law and using those laws to, to their maximum benefit. And Jim brought up a great point earlier. If you're a liberal who thinks we don't pay as much taxes, the tax code actually sets the legal minimum. You can write the government oh. a check for another ten grand if you Mention want to. That to they too. do it. I mean, if you really believe they do it better than you, you should follow through on your belief system and turn your income over to the government. And I and I state this to true believers all the time. If if you think that the government is uh, got a better handle on where money should go than you yourself personally, mm-hmm. then why are you hand, hanging on to anything other than right. what you basically need? And then letting the government to do what it wants to with everything that's extra or you consider extra out of your life. None of them believe that. Everybody will always tell you, no, I'm a, I am know where my money can go better than the government because the government doesn't know you and know what mm-hmm. you like or what you think is, is worthwhile. Or what your family needs. But to have, you know, just to put a pause on and go, huh, yeah. Which really, I use that argument quite often. Which with. really betrays the hallmark of their thinking, which is they know what's good for them. And they believe they know what's good for you and that you're the dummy who doesn't know what's going on. That's that's the moment where you get down to brass tacks. All right, we'll wrap it up next here on The Morning Meeting. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. Who is it that was calling in the middle of FaceTime with with Jim? Because we're in the middle of the FaceTime with him on, on the air, and all of a sudden you get another phone call. I'll, I'll tell you who it was because uh, a few years ago. Can you tell us? Yeah, I can. I can I can uh, share this really shortly with you because there's something else I want to get to. Um, I did an endorsement deal and, and spoke about uh, my, uh, my Kia that I have. Oh, and and that was the, the the lease is actually up in a few days, and that was them calling to make arrangements for me to take it back in. They call it the worst time, but it's been an awesome vehicle for me. Uh, just wanted to hit this before we go. Uh, it, it happened over the weekend, despite a last minute push. The U.S. government did hand off ICANN, the internet naming system, to a not for profit. Uh, Ted Cruz has been saying, "Look, you've got free speech that's in jeopardy now. Mm-hmm. You have censorship coming. Mm-hmm. So watch this. If your computer suddenly..." Stop working today. Uh, this is another part of the We're Sorry American Apology Tour under Barack Obama. We're sorry we've accrued I, all this power. How do you power. get that back? You don't. You, you, you never do. This is a gone gone with the wind situation. So this is done. America no longer uh, with the, the last ability to sort of regulate this. It's now in the hands of an international nonprofit. Could be a new era that started over the weekend. We'll see you tomorrow. Morning meeting adjourned. Join us again tomorrow for the best talk in the tri-states. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD.